Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, the director of the center, and I'm here once again with our inclusion consultant, Priscilla Weigel. Welcome, Priscilla. Thank you, Cindy. Good so, to be here. Good. So excited that we are going to continue our conversation. Um, and we've kind of named today's podcast, Sit Still, Don't Touch, Wait. Yeah. <laughs> kind of with the thought of maybe a little bit older children now, fours and fives, and um, some of the sorts of situations that teachers find themselves in with children, and it is complicated. We're not saying it's not. No, no. Well, and I think that at that age, at the if we're looking at four and five year olds, <clears throat> providers are often thinking, well, I have to prepare them for that next transition, which will be elementary school, and they're going to have to wait. They're going to have to sit still. They're going to have to, you know, not touch things while they're being explained. And they're just, you know, they're going to have to curb those impulses. But really, one thing that research has shown over and over again, and those of us who have been doing this for years and years and years have seen just through experiences, regardless of what we do, the key to success for children is to let them master the age that they're spending time in right then. Right. So if we want a five-year-old to be ready for kindergarten, we got to let them be a five-year-old. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be a five-year-old? It means you should practice kind of that self-regulation. It means you should have opportunities where you might have to wait a little bit, shorter period, but to say, put a bunch of cool stuff in front of this little person who maybe already has an impulse issue, and then say, oh, can't touch it yet. What's going to happen? They're going to touch it. They're just going to do it because curiosity is going to take over. Curiosity is the overriding impulse right then. I want to learn about that. I want to explore that. I want to touch it. I want to feel it. I want. So right then, we've set them up for failure. Right. And that's not what we're about. Exactly. We're supposed to set children up for success. What are we doing to do that daily, and how are we stifling that success by just how we present things in the classroom or in the childcare setting? By saying, you know, here's this really cool thing, I'm going to explain it to you, and while I'm explaining it to you, there cannot be one finger on it. You know, it's like saying to adults who really like chocolate, here, sitting at a table unwrapped, ready to grab chocolate in front of them and saying, you know what, this is for the next group, you can't have any. Well, most adults have curbed those <laughs> those right. impulses and they're they not going to just start grabbing it. But how much energy <laughs> is going to be expended of them looking at that chocolate, Thinking being about curious about smell. that chocolate, mm-hmm. smelling the chocolate, and boy, that would taste good right about now, and mm-hmm. distracting from what they're supposed to be focusing on. When we look at that, children have hardly any experience practicing that and we're we're giving them so much of a boundary that they're spending most of their energy not listening to us but figuring out how they're going to get around that boundary and actually touch that thing well and as you said we on the one hand we're encouraging exploration right we've been encouraging exploration for the past four or five years right right we are encouraging their curiosity and so those are, of course, natural um, milestones as well that they're mastering, but they're also things that we're fostering. 
And so then there, there's that tension within them, and then there's also this need for regulation. But, when, but you're right, in some ways, when we've been fostering curiosity, we give children a wonderfully curious event. Right. But then we have some kind of almost artificial rule yeah. about that event. Mm-hmm. And then the child probably is going to commit a, some kind of infraction. <laughs> probably. Let's just say. Yeah. And then, yeah, then, then, we're, then we've got a child who's failed and then we're upset. And so what, what, what should we be thinking about or how can we operate differently? Well, I think, you know, I, when you look at kind of the, the goal, and I think that we do this a lot when we, when we talk about just kind of reflecting what is your goal in the classroom? What is, your, what is our job? We want curiosity. We want exploration. We want, you know, the children to learn and, and try new things and expand their attention span and all those things. So when I look at how I present activities, is it really about making sure that they understand every detail of what could possibly happen at that center? Or maybe I say, hey, everybody, over here, look what I put out today. I've got styrofoam, I have tubes, I have duct tape, scissors, you know, some glue. What do you think we could do here? That's a great idea. Go for it. You know, and just let them have the opportunity to... They had to sit and listen for a couple minutes and get some information, which I think is the goal of a lot of times when we say, you know, we're going to explain this activity to you, now everybody sit still and don't touch. But what we've done is we've shortened that explanation time and we've involved them in that explanation time. It hasn't just been me talking and saying, this is what you can do with this activity. Because guess what? That group of little five-year-olds, mm-hmm. they are going to come up with things that I couldn't even imagine. Right. All I have to do is put that stuff out there, and really that's what's going to foster the skills that we want them to take from preschool or childcare to elementary school. Not the me telling them what to think and do. Right. So that's what I, that's my, my soapbox for the day. <laughs> I wonder if we, if we thought a little bit more about what we were doing, for instance, so we're having a circle time music event and um, and we need to explain something first whatever mm-hmm. it might be so rather than giving the children um, instruments but not letting them touch maybe waiting to give the instruments yeah. mm-hmm. until we did the explanation and mm-hmm. so forth and, and I think it just takes a little bit more thinking again as we said in our last podcast it's like um, realizing where children are developmentally yes. and what we're actually trying to encourage developmentally. Right. So right. what is the real goal? Is the real goal to get them to play the instrument or is the real goal, you know, some kind of impulse control and also encouraging uh, another kind of growth through the use of the musical instrument and so forth? Like what, what per, what's permeating? Mm-hmm. the actual goal of the activity. And mm-hmm. It's easy to forget. We've all been in those situations. Right. You're sort of in the moment. Right. And you sort of forget the overriding goal of the, of the development of the child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you know we talk over and over again, too, and just any kind of training that we do through the CICC, it's, there's, there's always this underlying theme that we have to have a very strong foundation as a provider, as an early childhood professional, just looking at development, you know, four and five-year-olds, they are exuberant. 
they're going to test the limits. There's going to be bathroom talk. There's going to be stories that aren't true that they're going to embellish. They're going to tell you things that you're going to know in your mind, okay, I don't believe a word of what you're saying. But that child needs to have that opportunity to do that. It helps them to feel powerful. You know, the whole superhero play and feeling strong and powerful in that and, and you know, rough and tumble, all those things that their bodies and their minds need to nourish that success. And, and so, you know, when I think of planning a classroom and looking at activities that I want to present to children, that word success is in my head all the time. How am I setting them up for success? Is this going to take them to that successful world of confidence and excitement and that exuberance that's so exactly. part of who they are? Or is it going to stifle it, squelch it, hold it at bay, make it wait? <clears throat> is exactly. that what they want? No, they want to get in there and try it. And so, so what are some of the methods that teachers can use to capture exuberance and help children who, you know, maybe they are testing the limits because of their age, or but we want to take them to some of those next levels? Well, understand who they are individually, right. not just look at them as a block of all you know, in this one giant group, look at each individual child, use surprises, change the tone of your voice. You know, we were talking earlier about the fact that you can put a puppet on your hand, you know, you were sharing this story, and use your own voice, your own mouth. They can, you're sitting right next to the puppet, but those kids look at that puppet because it's so exciting and different and new. Change things up. Make it fun. Think about what you would love, what you love to do as a child at that age. You know, what made things interesting? Provide them with opportunities and also sometimes we need to take a break, sometimes kids need to take a break. When we look at how much time of their day is programmed, right. children need some downtime. And how are we going to teach them how to use that downtime? Right. You know, it's we want them to be able to say, you know, to learn that self regulating skill of, wow, I'm getting too revved up. Maybe I should go find a quiet story. Some children just do that innately. They know when they need that, you know, that downtime. Oh, I'm going to go look at a quiet book. I'm going to go sit and just look out the window at those birds, at the bird feeder or whatever. Other children, they get so revved up, they get to that point of no return, and they don't know how to come back down. So, so going back to that, knowing each child individually, how can I set them up for success? By supporting them, providing them with outlets for those important milestones, and encouraging them to try new things. That's our job. Exactly. Great. I think this has been extremely helpful. I hope that... Um, do you have more that you'd like to add? Or um, Well, I just... I think, too, one thing that, that we forget is sometimes kids know what, what they need yes, <laughs> and to talk to them about it. Right. You know, when they're really having a hard time, just say, wow, you seem kind of sad. Something going on? What can I do to help? And maybe they can't verbalize it all, but what it does is it, it teaches them that skill. I can go to someone and talk it through. I don't have to take all of this burden on myself. There's somebody in my corner. You know, and those are the types of skills that we want to see children develop. You know, let's say they come across bullying as an older child. Right. I don't have to keep it inside and, and weather this storm by myself. There's an adult who's my anchor, who's my resource. And that's something that I think is so important, especially for the four and five year olds where they're they're trying to be so independent. Right. And so up oh, I can do it. But really we want them to, to still know that there's there's people in their corner who can help them through the tough stuff. Exactly. 
great. Well, I hope this has been helpful to our listeners. And we know that if they have other questions, they can go on our website and they can ask a consultant a question and it'll get emailed to our consultation uh, feature. So that's one thing that we can offer to people. But thank you so much again for being here, Priscilla. And um, we're looking forward to the future and some new ideas we have for podcasts. So yeah, thank you once again. Sure. And this is the uh, concludes this podcast. That's all for now. See you next time.